This is Crowcast, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcast, you will hear from our specialists, offering insights and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients. Hello, my name is Hayley Ives and I am a director in Crow's tax resolutions team. I'm joined today by John Cassidy, a partner in tax resolutions. Today we are going to be looking at the recent tooth case and how that impacts on discovery assessments, particularly in relation to staleness. So, I've certainly heard of the concept of staleness and how they relate to tax assessments, but as far as I'm aware, there's nothing in tax legislation. Can you explain more, please, John? Thanks, Hayley. Yes, um, the concept of staleness reared its head a few years ago, and what it really means is that when HMRC make a discovery, they then have to act quickly. Yeah, the word discovery implies a certain amount of newness. Um, HMRC hate it for obvious reasons, but they have had uh, suffered many losses at the tribunal. Uh, in one case, uh, the case of Beagles, said that a delay of two and a half years was too long. And uh, another case, Petulo, said that a delay of 18 months would render an assessment stale on any view. Um, very recently, uh, back in February 21, there was the case of um, Merban which uh, you know, said quite clearly that uh, you know, there must be, uh, it said, for us, the matter is straightforward. There must be something that newly appears. Uh, if it's not newly appeared, there can be no discovery. Uh, and I think uh, you know, that was uh, certainly pretty much the, uh, the concept that people have uh, started to understand over the last few years. Um, they also mentioned that you know, once an inspector makes a discovery, he cannot be then sit on his hands. You know, he, he has a reasonable period of time in which to make the assessment, uh, and that piece, that time limit cannot be you know, uh, uh, you know, unlimited. Towards the end of the Merban case, they did recognise, however, that the uh, tribunal is aware that the law uh, on discovery and in particular, the concept of staleness, is an emerging body of case law, which uh, you know, necessarily affects you know, their decision. Um, and in particular, they said they are aware of the tooth decision, which was being um, heard in the high, uh, sorry, in the Supreme Court uh, around the same time. Now, in the tooth decision, uh, what they said uh, was that First of all, at the upper tribunal, they said, well, on making a discovery, the HMRC must act expeditiously in issuing an assessment. And if any assessment must be issued whilst the discovery is new. And it also follows that the same thing can't be discovered twice or by two different officers of HMRC. Uh, you know, a discovery, once it's happened, uh, has happened. The Court of Appeal uh, agreed with that. And... Um, yeah, said that the uh, the requirement for the conclusion of an officer of HMRC to have newly appeared is implicit within the language of uh, 
discovery. So the lead case, that is the lead case, Raymond Tooth, which was heard at the Supreme Court in, in, in March and uh, a decision was handed down in May. So it sounds pretty complicated then, but do we have a definitive final position now that the Tooth case has been heard? Well, I think you're right, Hayley, to say it's pretty complicated. I mean, let's just uh, go through where you know, Tooth went to. At the first tier tax tribunal, it was decided that HMRC's discovery was in 2014 and that the taxpayer, Mr. Tooth, had made no deliberate inaccuracy in his tax return. Therefore, he won his appeal. The upper tribunal... Uh, found you know, somewhat differently. They found that the discovery had been made in 2009, some five years earlier. And by any stretch, it would therefore have become stale by 2014. Uh, and also, of course, in 2014, the new inspector can't make the same discovery again. Off we went to the Court of Appeal, and the Court of Appeal agreed with the upper tribunal on the discovery point. Um, but then also found that there was a deliberate inaccuracy in Mr. Tooth's tax return. Of course, he, he still won on the point that the discovery was in 2009 and by 2014 it had gone stale. We then get to the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, and it goes full circle right the way back to the first tier tribunal decision. What the uh, Supreme Court uh, said is that the discovery was in 2014. Um, however, there had been no deliberate inaccuracy in Mr. Tooth's return, because rather than looking at each individual entry on the return, you look at the return as a whole. And as a whole, is it accurate or inaccurate? In this case, as a whole, it was accurate. And uh, even if it hadn't been, any inaccuracy was not deliberate. So different decisions at different levels, but we ended up going full circle. Uh, and what the Supreme Court also said was that the concept of staleness, in its opinion, um, you know, does, not, uh, does not exist. In fact, the Supreme Court went as far as saying that yet there is no basis for an additional and stricter time restriction. In our view, this is the Supreme Court, there is no place for the idea that a discovery should cease to qualify as a discovery by the passage of time. They were very strong in their opinion uh, on this. They said that is unsustainable as a matter of ordinary language. And to import such a notion of staleness would conflict with the statutory scheme, which already sets out a series of time limits um, over which HMRC may be able to, um, to assess the tax. Where a discovery is made by an officer of HMRC, you know, the question is whether that officer has made a discovery. My personal view, uh, for what it's worth, is that I, I don't think that's right. I think uh, the language of the legislation doesn't refer to a discovery. It refers to the verb of an officer discovering something. So it's the action of discovering. And I think logically that can only happen once. A second officer might, uh, might see the same thing or see something new, but can he be said to have discovered that thing you know, if it's already been discovered? And I do think it implies a certain level of newness. 
Um, you, know, you can't discover something that is, is old and has already been found. But we are where we are. Of course, the Supreme Court has made its decision and there is no more um, staleness uh, that we can rely on in appeals against the discovery assessments. OK, so does that mean discovery appeals for older assessments? They're not worth arguing anymore? Does it mean HMRC will always win these sorts of arguments? Um, no, not at all. I think uh, what must be remembered is that even in the tooth case, staleness was only one of the arguments against the discovery assessment. There will almost certainly be other arguments in, in every discovery case. Um, so, for instance, it, uh, it should be remembered that, um, well, first of all, there must be a discovery. Um, and crucially, the burden of demonstrating that discovery is on HMRC. Now, HMRC's own guidance says that uh, mere suspicion that an assessment might be insufficient is not adequate grounds for making a discovery. You know, there has to be an actual insufficiency of tax that has been discovered. So grounds for appeal might be that there isn't or, or a discovery has not been demonstrated. Um, what we should also remember is that uh, in, in many discovery cases, there is an extra hurdle for HMRC to get over. Uh, and that is whether the behavior in, in, in question was careless or deliberate. Again, the burden of proving that is on HMRC and the importance of that was again demonstrated in the tooth case where the Supreme Court ultimately decided that uh, there was no deliberate intention to deceive uh, HMRC uh, and therefore deliberate didn't come into play. And um, you know, something else that we see quite often are uh, so-called protective assessments. And that's quite topical because, uh, in, at least in respect of offshore matters, there were certain time limits which lapsed on the 6th of April this year. So shortly before the 6th, 6th of April, we saw quite a lot of protective assessments being issued. Uh, you know, according to HMRC, these are to or were to protect the earlier years, which would soon be Going out of uh, going out of time. The discovery rules, of course, require that a discovery has been made. The fact that a time limit is approaching uh, doesn't uh, doesn't give HMRC the power to raise an assessment. They need to have a discovery. Now they have suggested in the past that a protective assessment can be issued but not enforced, and that creates the right balance. But of course, you know. Protective assessments don't even satisfy the basic requirements of Section 29 or the corporate equivalent to have actually made a discovery. And I think, you know, HMRC's manuals nowadays do recognize this uh, and uh, even state that there is nothing in legislation to describe protective assessments and that protective assessments do not exist. So, again, yeah, if there's an assessment that has been raised because of a, an impending time limit, then that's another ground for appealing it. And there may well be uh, you know, grounds that are specific to the circumstances of the case, but you know, satisfying the requirement to demonstrate a discovery, to demonstrate deliberate or careless behavior, to demonstrate that uh, the assessment isn't just because of an impending time limit, are common things that we see where we're looking at older periods. So it sounds as though all is not lost as a result of the tooth case. So in instances where assessments are raised, they should still be checked to ensure their validity. Um, if anyone has any questions after listening to this, please do get in touch with us.
Thank you for your time. Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we devise and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, one of the top 10 accounting networks in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.